I'm Jan Moffat. And this is Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we talk about kids' movies and take them with, I think, exactly the appropriate <laughs> amount of seriousness. Or maybe way too seriously. I'm not, I don't, <laughs> not sure what you're referring to. Today we're going to talk about the uh, 2013 movie Walking with Dinosaurs, the movie. And why don't you take that away? Wait. Take us away, Paul. Tell us what it's all about. So this movie is based on a miniseries of the same name, but as far as we can tell, it doesn't have much connection in terms of plot or characters mm-hmm. or anything to the movie, to to the series. It stars uh, the voices of John Leguizamo and Justin Long, and the and of Tira Sirkar, who I am unfamiliar with, and Skylar Stone, who I am unfamiliar with. Um, it also includes a blink and you'll miss it appearance by Carl Urban mm-hmm. as a human. <laughs> um, so the basic plot of this, there is a frame narrative where paleontologist Carl Urban is taking his niece and nephew out to look for dinosaurs. Uh, it's I probably, without exaggeration, two minutes at the beginning and two minutes at the end. Maybe less. Maybe less. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that we'll as, talk we about as we go forward. Um, and then the main story is uh, Patchy is a dinosaur who... I thought you were going to say the story is Patchy. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, main story, character. The, main, the main character, a, I'm going to uh, have trouble pronouncing the Latin names of the dinosaurs, worry, even though I speak Latin, but uh, the, the Greek names, Greek names of dinosaurs. I'm going to have trouble with the Greek names of dinosaurs because they're long names. So there is a dinosaur. I'm not even going to give you types of dinosaurs Don't except where that. I'm easy with them. Yeah. There's a dinosaur. The main dinosaur's name is Patchy. He starts off as a baby and uh, we see him grow. He goes on a migration and learns and grows and finds romance and it challenges his brother for leading the uh, herd and eventually uh, does is the leader of the herd and saves all his herd and finds love with his mate and defeats the evil uh, predators. Oh, defeats predators, yeah. Defeats the evil predators. There are details to the plot, but that is the plot in a nutshell Mm -hmm. of this movie. Uh, Justin Long is patchy. John Leguizamo plays uh, a bird, his bird companion and the narrator. Tira Sirkar is the love interest female dinosaur Juniper, and Skylar Stone is his obnoxious, is Patchy's obnoxious older brother Scowler. The character's name is Scowler, and the actor's <laughs> name is Skylar. And I think that was, uh, you know, done on purpose. I think Maybe. they named the character after the actor. Um, so let's start with, as we always do, with taking away, taking as objective as we're capable of, how good is this movie? How good of a job does everyone involved do? And let's start with performances. Performances? Okay. Performances were adequate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we just start by saying that this is actually a good opportunity because we didn't choose this movie. This was a grandparent chosen movie that it we, we sat down and watched. And so it was n- never something I would choose. But maybe yeah. that's a good thing to have here on Way Too Seriously is these movies that are just not ones that you would necessarily choose. Anyway, so voice I, performances. Let's get back to that. Do we want to start with performances? Actually, I said that. But I'm not sure if I have, have a lot to say about okay. that. Because maybe we should back that up even and say 
put our cards on the table and you would say, this was not a great movie. No. This is not a very good movie in general. And before we talk about voice performances, I have this bit of trivia I got from Wikipedia that I was going to lay on you as we were recording. So Jan doesn't know this when I say it. And I want to hear your reaction to it, maybe even before we talk about voice performances. And it's this. This movie was filmed in its entirety, was written, conceived, and filmed without any voices. Producer, the the executive, Fox executives, thought that voiceover and narration would make people connect to it better. And that was then all added after the fact. Hmm. That is interesting. Well, wow. I think it's necessary. It's a long movie to have that just be like grunts and animal sounds. Agreed. I. Like, when I saw that fact, that trivia piece on Wikipedia, and, I mean, take Wikipedia for what it's worth, maybe it's not true, but it's what Wikipedia says. Um, when I saw that, I thought, of course. Because the dinosaurs, like, their lips don't move. Yes, they're definitely... It is not always clear who's talking when. Yeah. And they they do the thing that often happens when you add the voices after the fact, which is... They just talk all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, a full moon. Oh, down there, there's some slime. I guess I'm, you know, like, yeah. this constant pattern that is not written, is not dialogue which they then filmed. Mm-hmm. It is film which they then added dialogue to. Yes, that is that is true. So, having said that, the vocal performances, back to that. How do you think, or not just vocal? I feel like John Leguizamo is doing his thing. This is a thing that he does. He's the, he's the modern Gilbert Gottfried. He's the, you know, kind of shouty, kind of funny guy. He's just being himself yeah. as a bird, you know, he's, it's, he's, you know, I don't think he does a bad job. I didn't realize this was Justin Long until you said that as patchy. Um, I found it, I found it hard to separate the voice performances from the actual movie. Because yeah. I found that the two, they were both kind of narrating at the same time. Yeah. And that was a bit odd. Yeah. And so that just affects the voice performances. Yeah. I think they were doing their best. Yeah. With the, the not greatest script in the world. I think, uh, I basically agree. I think, you know, I think Carl Urban in the beginning acting his little heart out for like, come on, come on, let's go down and dig these bones. Like that was a weird. That was a weird to have Carl Urban, awfully recognizable person for an awfully small. This is 2013, so and it's now 2017, so maybe Carl Urban has you know been more of an. But no, he'd already been Lord of the Rings at this point, right? And like possibly even Star Trek. So no, no. It's 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 weird to have such a big name actor in this very and, very tiny and role. Always when you see a big name actor in a tiny role, I it's hard not to be like, is he earning his big name status? When you put a big, you know yeah. what they say in you know, there's no small roles, just small actors. So put a big actor in a small role. Does it like, yeah, that guy deserves to be a star? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if, he, if in this role that was possible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, but I will basically agree with you. I don't think any of the voice actors are elevating the material and rising above it. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that's a pretty tall order. Mm-hmm. It did make me laugh on a couple occasions, and I feel like that was John Leguizamo being funny, and yeah. that was helpful to the to the script. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Yeah. So, transitioning right into the writing. Yeah. How is the writing of this movie? I had trouble even concentrating on this movie. I mean, I was distracted by other things while we were watching it, but like, it's quite long for the subject matter. Yep. It goes on and on. It is just this basic story of dinosaur versus himself, basically, (laughs) and how he conquers all by being adorable. (laughs) And... Ah, <laughs> what do you think? Tell me what you think. I, need to, I, I think, in, I mean, in plot terms, I think, uh, the, I agree totally it was long. Mm-hmm. The plot drags in the middle and the, like I said, his, this movie is patchy. You thought I was describing the yeah. plot and I couldn't <laughs> be, right? Because they did a pretty good job of, Early in the movie, his father dies protecting him from carnivores, Mm -hmm. and then later in the movie, he feels dejected and almost gives up and allows himself to be killed by scavengers while he's injured, and then at the end of the movie, he almost dies, near the end of the movie, he almost dies to protect the herd, and then at the very end of the movie, he refused to let his brother die to protect the herd, but instead brings the herd to protect his brother. Yeah. And, like, those tent, those, uh, tent poles for the plot, I think are good tent poles, and mm-hmm. what's in between them drags, yeah. right? But those, as the emotional, uh, centers for the story, mm-hmm. are pretty good. We'll get more into this in the too seriously portion of the show, but I just, the part, the love story is very, it's very weird. And I mean, I guess they're animals. And so it's supposed to be like, she'll just go and be with whoever is in charge of the herd. But it doesn't make for a good story. No. That aspect of it. No, it makes for a really bad story. And this is an aspect, I think, of the adding narration later when they shot it as these are animals who, you know, the female goes with the dominant male. And then they added the voiceover and made it like, he's her true love. And then, like, those two stories don't... They don't mix. Mix at all. No, exactly. Right? And there's a couple of moments of that but that's the strongest one. That's I agree. One. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense. No. With the story that they've decided to tell in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the dialogue writing, I think we already talked about that, but there were one or two moments that made me laugh. One of them certainly was John Leguizamo's performance because the line was just the like line as written was, Oh, this is disgusting, but it looks tasty. And like when I, it wasn't a funny line, but mm-hmm. he just delivered it well enough that he got me. Yeah, right? like, yeah. I laughed. Exactly. See, I knew you were faking. That doesn't mean you can poke my eye out. Agree to disagree, okay? Oh, gross. Mmm, but tasty. Mm. George! I don't think the dialogue, I don't think the script gets any points, points no, for me. I think no. it was about as poor as a script can be. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. The the part that really made me notice the weakness of the script more than anything else is when they were like, "Oh, look, a full moon!" 
And it had nothing to do with anything. It was literally, there's a full moon on the screen. We have to write a line referencing what mm-hmm. the screen is showing because there can't be a moment of silence. Yeah, <laughs> right? absolutely. It was full of chatter. It was a bit... I can't decide whether it was good or bad. The music in it had some, like, Fleetwood Mac. It had some other, other music that was not really fitting, but kind of cool. I quite like, like, there was a part where a big herd of giant dinosaurs shows up, and it's, like, drumming. And it's Tusk from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. I, that, I mean, it wasn't very fitting, but it made me smile. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of helped with the yeah. adults watching it part of it. <laughs> Agreed. The, but, but the music when, like, they first, when he, Patchy first sees Juniper mm-hmm. was also some, I can't remember what it was, but some pop or rock song, but it was like, you know, super, like, she's, a, I can't remember what the song was, but mm-hmm. it was like Latin sexy music. Yeah. And I thought it was, I just rolled my eyes at mm-hmm. it at that moment. Yeah. So like, I think Tusk was a great choice because it's a great song, mm. but I don't think the music choice was actually yeah. very It was a bit skillful. random. Yeah. 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 Random is the word. Yeah. Yeah. How about the animation? Well, I didn't, as I was watching it, I wasn't really thinking about it. I was kind of mm-hmm. just like, this is, you know, it's computer animated dinosaurs. There was a moment when our one of our daughters suddenly was like, I don't think these are real dinosaurs. Like, she realized it wasn't a documentary because we've watched a lot of these like kind of Disney documentaries where there's a lot of narration like Monkey Kingdom. Right. And so this kind of almost even was presented to her as this is another one of those. But of course, you know, dinosaurs aren't around anymore. And I think we called it a documentary because in my mind it was like I knew dinosaurs aren't real, but I thought it was going to be a fictional. I know dinosaurs aren't currently real to be filmed is what I mean. Yeah. But in my mind, what I was expecting was it's going to be fictionalized, but a movie, the goal of which is to tell you non-fiction truths and facts about dinosaurs, which yeah. I think it basically is. Yeah. So in that sense, it's kind of is a, a documentary of yeah. reenactments. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted. No, that's all right. I was, uh, my point was going to be that it wasn't until the movie was, was ending that I realized, uh, that it's all this like live footage of mountains and hills and forests and whatnot that they put these computer animated dinosaurs into. So I'm not exactly sure how that's accomplished, but I assume that it's, they film those making these camera movements and then computer digitally add these dinosaurs. And that seems like a complicated feat. And so I think they did a good job. The dinosaurs, you know, are obviously computer animated, but when you think about Jurassic Park, this is right. a kid, this is almost like a kid friendly version of Jurassic Park and how much it has, the computer animation has grown like leaps and bounds. And, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, it's 20 years after Jurassic Park at this point and it's, and it shows that like, yeah, sure. it looks like it fits into the world. There are some shadows that are a little bit obvious, but I mean, I'm really impressed with how the technology has come along. Yeah, I think I my my dad, who was there watching it with us, was said something about this is quite a movie, and I think that was what he was referring to was like they just have the dinosaurs in this real world setting. Yeah, I agree. In terms of the animation, that's I think that they did that quite well. Yeah. Um, 
And one of the things about that is what you said, like there were moments when it didn't seem real rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. There were moments when like, Oh yeah, this, the, the, these don't seem like they're really there. Or the shadows aren't right or whatever. But they were moments. And most of the movie, I felt like they were heavy animals. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of the things that computer animated yeah. animals seem like they don't have presence sometimes. Wait. But I didn't in this movie. I felt like they had, they were heavy and they were moving and they were present and they were, mm-hmm. I, Absolutely. it was easy to allow myself to believe that they had just set up a camera and were watching some dinosaurs and then had added the animation, the voiceover the voice to over, it. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. A lot of the animation was quite good, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. quite well done, especially given what I am pretty sure this was not a super high budget movie. No, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Is this, I'm sure this didn't have a huge budget. And this is one of the things that I've heard about computer animations is that like your money can't buy artistry, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who knows what they're doing can make something move like it's real, and someone who doesn't can't make it move no matter what tools you give them yeah. and you 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 see that right the right kind of artist can make something seem alive with two lines mm-hmm. and i feel yeah. like the animators in this movie are the right kind of artists like yeah, they, they seemed like real animals yeah so should, should we move on to the too so seriously or is it just one little bit um we basically have covered it, but what we usually do uh, on the show is talk about whether it was objectively good, and then a little bit about did you like it oh, as a different answer yes. question. So as I think a different question from <laughs> how good from how good of a job everyone did. Did you enjoy watching this movie? Not particularly. No, no. me neither. No. Maybe that's all we I need mean, to say about yeah, it. Yeah, there was a there was a few bits of good, but it was mostly just like I'm sitting through this because I'm with my kids. And like, maybe even I might, if I had been with my kids, but not uh, their grandparents, I might even have said, are you guys liking this? Do you want to watch something else? But they both really liked it afterwards, they did like so it. maybe we should realize that sometimes. They did like <laughs> it. We, but we asked, I asked them, you know, how many thumbs up out of ten? Out of ten thumbs. Out of ten thumbs. And we gave it five. One, one gave it ten, oh. but the other gave it five. Yeah, there you go. But five is a good, still a good rating for her that like she enjoyed it. Just yeah. she recognized that it wasn't the best movie. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, I wouldn't want to watch it again, but it wasn't like the worst thing about it in my, my experiencing of it was that it was boring, not that it was yeah. super like Terrible. terribly bad. Yeah. It was it's just, just a, like, bit boring. a bit boring. Yeah. So let's take this movie. <clears throat> Way too seriously. All right. So what do you have I mean, to say? I mean, I got to go back to the to the female character and how awful that was, and how like she had zero agency. She was mm-hmm. just this complete like object, and it was entirely all about like he's in love with her. She's her his eventual reward for becoming. Yep. She's seriously his reward for becoming chief of the. Like pretty explicitly. That's explicitly. And I had a moment where, like, even I said this out loud as we were watching it, that, like, he is the main dinosaur. What's his name again? Patchy. Patchy. Is sitting there lying in, like, a puddle on the ground, all injured. And his brother is now head of the tribe. And she's like, I'm sorry. Bye. 
Right. You know, um, your friend and potential and pretty much the person you love is lying dead in a ditch and you're like, I'm sorry, I have to follow your brother now because he beat you. Bye. Like, yeah. I was like, grow a backbone, Juniper. Come on. <laughs> I literally said that. And it's like, part of it is, as we've said, this weird mix between is this, are you presenting this as if it's a nature documentary or you're presenting this as if these are characters with the possibility yeah. of agency? And like, I think of, the father never spoke or exhibited anything more than yeah, animal. Like he yeah. growled and he had animal instincts and the kids were like, whoa, it's a man of few words, right? Yeah. But. And it was like, he was very much the man who defends the tribe and all the women are yeah. taking care of the babies. And the uh, problem, I think maybe not the only problem, but one of the things with that is it, uh, when you try to superimpose a anthropomorphic story on this, they end up being ex- reinforcing extremely uh, sucky uh, gender roles, and mm-hmm. in ways that I, well, in ways that do two things, right? One of it is I think it's worthwhile for someone critically thoughtful to think about how we unthinkingly. Uh, project gender roles onto the animal kingdom. Yes, absolutely. But then even more to think about how, uh, when we, how we then project animal kingdom roles onto humanity because mm-hmm. there are animals with where the males battle for the females. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plenty of animals where that doesn't happen. Uh, mm-hmm. but exactly. there, there are animals where that does happen. But, when you anthropomorphize it and then present it as like these two manly men fight for their woman, mm-hmm. uh, that becomes problematic in mm-hmm. a deep way that no one involved in this that movie re- thought that about. just reinforces that narrative over and over for exactly children, for adults, for everyone, and that is negative and for everyone, for men and women. That's a negative narrative that we don't want to fall into because it's harmful. To men who think they have to be these tough, strong, emotionless robots mm-hmm. in order to win a woman, and it makes women into these objects that the men have to fight over, and mm-hmm. she has to go with the strongest, toughest, most emotionally robotic yeah. person that she can. And that's just, it's terrible for everyone. Yeah. And in this movie, part of what makes that worst for this movie is that she's literally the only female character. Yes, absolutely. Right? So you only have in this movie a female character so that she can be the love interest. And even starting way back when you were telling an animal story, mm-hmm. that's already a problem. That's already a problem. Because your na- your generic protagonist is male, your narrator is male, even mm-hmm. the person that he's telling the story to is the boy. Yeah. And why would I need a few... And that all the other characters who do stuff are the male animals. Mm -hmm. It's not actual animals, so you could have... They're actual animals, but you're not holding a camera to an actual animal, so why not have it be... have some of them be female? The bird can easily be And the only reason you need to have a female character is so that he has a mate. And adding the anthropomorphic stuff makes it all worse, but your problem starts way back there. The moment that, at the very end, they have these eggs, one of the eggs hatches... The second it comes out of that shell, it's male. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I noticed that. The second it comes out of that shell, nobody's checked. 
It is instantly male. Because what because female default. will be is whoever that protagonist boy is going to meet with one day. Exactly. And we don't need to know any other females other than the one that the character we're following has a mate. Yeah. The mother also was briefly a character she was who, there. who was there, like the father, had no, like, was very animal, didn't speak, yeah. didn't have anything. She yeah. was less of a character than the father, and the father wasn't much of a character. Yeah, exactly. Like, didn't, there wasn't, there was no voice actor for the father with mm. animal noises. Right? Yeah. They lose the mother at the same time as they lose the father, and they never go back to that. Yeah, they don't care. They just don't they care. The the, like, the father dies, and then they, they yell out, Mom, Mom, and no, that never comes back. Yeah. They just grow up and don't care about the fact that they lost their mother as well. Which and is like, hello. <laughs> once again, the a problem already made worse by the anthropomorphizing because once you make them have feelings, they they should care about their mother. Mm-hmm. Animals would might not, like you could maybe say they're following instinct and their mother was lost at the same time and we don't need to care too much about that. Yeah, I guess. I guess. It is, though, the automatic assumption that the new, the neutral person is male. Is the male. neutral animal is male. The neutral person is male. Mm-hmm. You have female if there is a specific reason why they need to be female. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Any other... Uh, I mean, that was certainly the main thing that I noticed. There's another one that I noticed that uh, you brought out just there as you were talking again. Throughout this movie, they use herd and tribe interchangeably. Mm. And this, I think, is another part of where you have problem anthropomorphizing because there are animals, so it's a herd. He's the leader of the herd. But then sometimes they talk about my tribe and you did, but you did because they did. And I noticed it in the movie. They kind of go back and forth between whether a group of dinosaurs is a herd or a tribe. But a tribe is a group of people yes and a tribe is loaded as a word for a group of people it's a group of primitive people Mm. right yes you're right and so there's a uh unspoken or or unarticulated undeveloped animals are present like primitive people are like animals and uh even since it's prehistoric, right? Like prehistoric mm. people are in tribes. People who are in tribes are animal and prehistoric. Yeah. Right. And in North America, especially, that means First I Nations know, Aboriginal yeah. people. Yeah. And yes. I think that that's. I don't think anyone involved in this movie thought twice about that. Yeah. But I think that's there. I think that's it is. what they the word they should have. Yeah. The word tribe has meanings. Yeah, it does. Anything else that uh, you wanted to talk about in terms of taking this movie too seriously? I mean, that was the ba- the big one. The big one was the yeah the female aspect and the the tribe is a good good point. Yeah, yeah. I think that's basically yeah. That's that's the too seriously of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I just thought of she looks different. I think that's just a visual clue that she's a different character. So yeah, that's, that's you could. I mean, if we want to take it way too seriously, which we do, there are. It is very plausible that female 
a female of an animal is visually distinct from the male of that animal. But the way they decide to do that is they make her pink. Yeah. Right? She's pink and the rest of them are browny red. And why? Because so that you'll know she's the girl. They don't give her dinosaur boobs, but they do. (laughs) Thank goodness. They do make her pink and make her kind of wear lipstick. Yeah. Like her beak is a little bit red at the end. Yeah, you're right. That is it. And I couldn't put my finger on that, but you're right. It's the the lips that are a little bit red. And we can say, and frankly, they need to make the characters visually distinctive so we can tell who's who. Yes. But they don't need to do that specific way. Yeah. And they do. They They make the, the... uh, stereotypical choice instead of the choice that requires some thought. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so what we, do we want to write this thing down to is it good? Is it seriously good? Well, so, is it good? Is it good? No. no. <laughs> is it is it seriously good? Not really. No. No. It's pretty much seriously bad and bad. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's, Do not recommend. <laughs> I, I would call it, in terms of good, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen by any means. No. It's like it's on the bad side, but it's right close to the midpoint of a bad movie. Yeah. Seriously, it's further down mm-hmm. on the seriously good scale. Yep. In neither category does it really ever come close to breaking over into being good. Yep, exactly. Yeah. This was kind of fun to do like one that was. That we did not like because it we wasn't our choice. Yep, yeah, wasn't yeah. our choice. We should do a few more like this. We should. So there we All go. Right. If you want to continue this conversation, tell us about some bad movies that you've been subjected to by your child's grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> you can contact us on Twitter at WTScast. You can find us on email way too seriously cast at gmail.com. And if you wanted to support us, leave a rate rating or review on iTunes five Five stars or higher. Yeah, please. that would be the best. <laughs> five stars. Um, and you can support us more directly, uh, patreon.com slash clockworkscast. And that supports this podcast and our other one, Clockworks. That's so, been, uh, I've been Jan Moffat. I've been Paul Moffat. And this was way too seriously. Um, um,